and I'm here in self-isolation, still. I'm not trying to be melodramatic, just allow me to explain. I'm not sure when this will be put out into the world, or indeed when you're deciding to listen. Thank you, by the way. For those who are listening around the spring of 2020, you'll be well aware of what's going on in the world right now. The coronavirus, COVID-19, is particularly rampant here in Europe, and while I appear to be healthy and virus-free, symptoms of the virus don't often show themselves for up to a week. Yet I can still unknowingly, unintentionally infect others. COVID-19 is a respiratory virus, particularly dangerous to older people and those with underlying health conditions. As a result, we're being encouraged to stay home whenever possible, only going outside if absolutely necessary. Phrases like self-isolation, incubation period and social distancing are now becoming a part of our everyday lingo. Plus, I'm a flight attendant. Nobody's travelling at the moment and it's a very tough time for my industry. I'm stuck on the ground whether I like it or not. But I am self-isolating firstly by choice. I don't want my behaviour to be the reason some poor soul gets a virus. Nor do I want to inflict any more grief on the already incredibly selfless, brave and overworked healthcare workers. That's enough about the coronavirus. I'm sure you're all sick of it by now. Long story short, for now and in future, just please wash your hands, cough and sneeze into your sleeve rather than on your hand, and be kind to yourselves and each other. Take a look at social media these days. There are a wide variety of ways people are choosing to occupy their time during this period of isolation. There are TikTok challenges, whatever TikTok is, I'm still not entirely sure, Netflix binges, and of course, leave it to the running community to find their own novel ways to pass the time. How about Alicia Nachomovitz in Toulouse, France? While in self-isolation, he ran a marathon on his seven meter balcony. It took a grand total of 6 hours and 48 minutes. Or even more remarkable, Rainer Pradel, the Austrian ultra runner. Pradel ran an ultra marathon around his kitchen table. There's far less to be found about this online, based on my uh, limited research, but it was broadcast live on his Facebook. I wasn't sure which was more crazy, what he was doing or the fact that I was choosing to watch him run lap after lap around his kitchen table, but he did it. I've preoccupied myself by finally getting around to a few of those household tasks I've ignored for too long, reviving this old banger of a laptop that I'm using, just a few things. I used to practice yoga regularly, as a hobby, a training session, it was a great tool for injury prevention, but most importantly I used it as a means of quieting my mind, meditating and taking a brief time to see what's going on in my mind and in my body. You really have to stop to figure out those things and I don't do that enough these days. It made me happy and healthy, and yet I just let the habit drift away. Today, I started day one of a 30-day yoga series on YouTube. Thanks, Yoga with Adrian. It felt wonderful to be back on the mat, yet it did shock me just how tough it was on my body. I consider myself pretty fit overall, but there were stretches, things I had to do that were just so tough, I've become so rigid and unflexible. Unflexible? Inflexible? Either way, it was hard. That 30 minute session was a stark and helpful shock to the system and it's given me the desire to get back to a regular yoga routine. 
However, the thing I've been procrastinating most on, something I've wanted to do and talked about literally for years, is starting a podcast. I love podcasts. I listen to them every day, whether I'm running, in the shower, on my way to work, or just around the house. Some podcasts I listen to are inspiring conversations. Others sound like you're listening into a casual chat among friends. I listen to many about running, some vegan ones, and some that are downright silly. But the thing that takes up most of my podcast subscription feed is football, or soccer. Whatever you want to call it, I enjoy listening to people talk about it almost as much as I enjoy the sport itself. It's one thing to be a consumer of podcasts, something very different to be a creator. For too long I've been waiting for the perfect thing, the perfect podcast name, the subject, the little niche, the gap in the market, the eureka moment that would, you know, solidify, ah, this is my podcast. I'd remind myself that I'm not the best runner, or I'm not an expert nutritionist, I'm certainly not the funniest person in the room, and so on and so forth. And all that is true, but who cares? I read somewhere that perfect is the enemy of good. I could wait till I have the perfect microphone, the perfect vision for my podcast, or I can just hit record, talk into this cheap microphone here hooked up to this old laptop, the one you can probably hear whirring in the background, and just see what happens. Hey, nobody's listening now anyway. I have no doubt that many new podcasts will pop up during this time of isolation when we're all just stuck at home. Some might be great. I'd say many more will be pretty rubbish. But most will stop after a few episodes. Almost all podcasts that were ever started never made it past 10 episodes. Let's wait and see as to how good or bad my podcast will be. Regardless of the quality, I can certainly control the quantity. This here is my declaration to myself and the world that I will make at least 10 of these. Going back to Nova Scotia That's where I want to be Tethered down in Nova Scotia Let's see, scroll down Alright. Now, what to talk about? I'm being open and honest here. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm writing a script on the fly on a Microsoft Notepad and hoping that with each step I take, the next one will reveal itself. So far, so good, it seems. I'm a complete beginner at podcasts, and this one is probably going to be running focused, so I guess I can talk about beginning to run. If you'll permit, here's a brief look at how I became a runner. I think that's important because now everybody will see me, everyone who knows me sees me and they think, oh, he just runs very far, that's just what Stephen does, that's not what I can do. But for most of Stephen's life, if I can talk about myself in the third person, I was baffled by that. The idea of running at all for pleasure just wasn't a thing. And uh, yeah, hopefully my an insight into my background can show you how I got from where I was to where I am now. In school, I wasn't very athletic. I played football and a couple of other sports until about 12 or 13. Then the level got more serious, the other kids got bigger and more competitive, and I lost interest. I was never fast, never excelled in any sporting arena really. For most of my young adult life, my athletic feats involved kicking a ball around with my friends, throwing a frisbee, or walking the dog. 
After college, I was particularly unfit. I'm a skinny guy, so I always seemed healthy and in good shape. Yet the first time I bought myself a pair of running shoes was to be a massive wake-up call. My dad at the time had started to get into shape. He was running, cycling, lifting weights, just generally getting fitter and healthier. Seeing him inspired me to get up off the couch and start moving. I bought a basic pair of runners, laced up and headed to the local park. I wanted to run a few laps and go home. It didn't seem much, yet halfway around the first lap I was in bits. I was panting, was disheartened. I stopped and I walked home. In hindsight, what I realised was I was nearly sprinting, the way you'd run for a bus. I didn't know any better, I just thought that's how you ran at the time. After a while, I learned to slow down. I started running once or twice a week around my neighbourhood in Dublin. No idea of distance, no fancy watch or tracker or any of that, I still don't use that fancy gear. I had this notion in my head of running the Dublin Marathon. An idea that came from nowhere, it was followed up by no research about training plans. I didn't even know how long a marathon was. It's uh, 26.2 miles, or 42 kilometres, I know now. Though, being honest, my runs at that time were just a way to get an hour of distraction so I could listen to Off the Ball. That was my favourite uh, radio show at the time, a sports radio show. I was vegetarian at this point. Very much a junk food vegetarian. I ate way more pizza than salad. Life took me away from Ireland. I moved to Germany where I ran very rarely and then eventually not at all. 2014 was probably my most lazy, unhealthy year. I had a group of friends who I loved to hang out with, but all we did was play video games, smoke weed, watch TV and eat junk. When I wasn't working, I was probably doing one or all of those things. It was fun for a while, but then it became routine then that routine just became toxic. I wasn't happy, I wasn't inspired, wasn't having fun anymore. My unhealthiest year was promptly followed by probably what has been my healthiest, maybe even the best year of my life. In April 2015, I decided to go vegan. I'd flirted with the idea a couple of times before, but it never really stuck. This time, I guess I was desperate for a change. I went all in, ditched the chocolate and the crisps and the coke, started eating fruit and veg, green tea, all the good stuff. In literally a matter of days, I felt great. I had so much energy that I really surprised myself. I couldn't sit still. I'd jump out of bed in the morning, excited to make a smoothie with that new blender I'd bought. Remember that cheap pair of running shoes that I talked about earlier? They found their way to Germany too. I laced up again and went out running. The days were getting longer and brighter. My whole outlook on life had shifted in the space of a week. I never loved running, but I did enjoy this newfound energy I had, and being out in fresh air and in nature, I always loved that. It's funny to think that the reason I'm a runner now is that there was literally no easier option. I didn't have a great bike or any equipment to take up rollerblading or rock climbing or whatever, I just had an old pair of shoes, so I ran. I think there's a lesson there. I'm sure you've got a pair of old sports shoes lying around, and forgive my assumption, but I'm sure you'd also like to get a bit fitter, healthier, happier. I really don't want to come across as preachy. I'm not a great runner. I didn't enjoy running all that much at this time, but I was motivated to change something, and this was enough to get me out the door a few times. So, I was healthier and happier, and I'd started running. Almost as soon as I'd gone vegan, I started searching online for vegan fitness websites. I found podcasts that fit the bill, and a few interesting blogs. Shout out to Nomi Athlete. The Ritual Podcast and Marathon Training Academy. 
I'll tell you more about them in another day. Little did I know just how much those few days in late April 2015 would change my life. The motivation didn't stop there. Probably no more than several minutes after finding online resources for vegan running, I was googling nearby marathons. There was a marathon in the nearby city of Cologne in early October. According to my new online gospels for all things fitness and nutrition, I had plenty of time between April and October to train for my first marathon. A quick check of my work schedule showed me that I would indeed be off on that weekend. I'd like to think it was destiny, probably just coincidence, but hey, it was a most welcome coincidence. Without much hesitation at all, literally none if I remember correctly, I registered for the 2015 Cologne Marathon, downloaded the training plan for beginners running their first marathon, and I never looked back. Please keep in mind that I could barely run for half an hour at this stage. I know some of you might already think to yourself that running for half an hour is probably beyond your capabilities. Maybe, maybe it is. Running for half an hour flat is a big achievement, don't get me wrong. But I was hoping to run a marathon. That would take me at least four hours. I was pretty far from where I wanted to be. The story of my first marathon might come up in full on the podcast someday. If anyone actually wants to hear it, do let me know. I wanted to tell you all of this detail just to show you how I got started. As I said, my friends see me now running long distances and they just dismiss it. Ah, it's something Stephen can do. It's not for me. I could never do it. A few years ago, I was saying the very same things. So a bit of detail in there for you just to show how it got from zero to running. Learning to run can be overwhelming, especially if you start googling everything there is to know out there. What type of shoes do I need? How fast should I be running? Do I need a watch? What if I don't have a training plan? To quote the title of a book by Robin Arzon, shut up and run. You don't need any fancy gear. Any t-shirt will do. Put on some shorts, leggings, whatever, any kind of sports shoes. Put them on your feet, go outside. Put one foot in front of the other, over and over and over and over. That's it. I know it sounds simplistic. Start slowly. The beginner's training plan I had was spot on when it said to run at a speed where you'd be embarrassed if your friends saw you and you told them you were running. A good way to start is the run-walk method. Try running for a minute, then walking for two minutes, and repeat. Do that a few times a week, if you can. After a while, maybe you'll notice you can run for two minutes and walk for one minute, and just build it from there. Don't worry about tracking your distances or beating previous times, it's way too early for all of that. Run until you're tired, walk for a bit, run again, and progress. Just try to pause your ego. I know it's tempting to want to go fast. I'm sure you've heard many people say that their body can't handle running because of some injury they have or some nagging pain. Well, I can almost certainly predict that they just did too much too soon. They ran too hard too early, and it hurt. Same as I did when I first ran around the park in Dublin. Another stumbling block. It's boring. I know, it was for me, certainly back in the early days. It can be. But after a while, believe it or not, trust me on this, you'll learn to love hearing nothing more than the birds chirping in the trees and the rhythmic sound of your own footsteps. That might come. Until then, make a playlist with some music you've been meaning to listen to. I wouldn't go straight for one of those upbeat workout motivation playlists, they'll just encourage you to run faster and sprint and it's too much too soon as I said. 
find a podcast you like. If you found this one, I assume you'll know how to find others. Podcasts like the Marathon Training Academy and No Meat Athlete Radio are friendly, accessible, and ideal for beginners. Or take your mind off running altogether and just listen to whatever subject will distract you long enough to keep you running just that bit further. Audiobooks are another popular choice for those who want to listen to something on the run. Personally, I just never got into them. Not yet, anyway. There was actually a time when I'd go out for a run just to catch up on the latest release of my favourite podcast, rather than for any training or fitness reasons. So you'll find your own motivation. To me, running is as much about my mental health as my physical health or fitness. The physical benefits are many, but what's often overlooked is that it gives you the chance to get outdoors. You know how it is these days. How often are we stuck indoors, whether it's our job or by choice? We lose hours in the office, in the car, on Xbox, Netflix. I'm no different. Going out for a run will get the wind through your hair, the sunlight on your face. You'll hear the birds, or see some ducks swimming in a lake, or meet somebody walking a dog, smile at them, pet the dog. It's a chance to get away from family for a bit, to escape flatmates, to enjoy some much-needed me time. If you know you're going for a run in the morning, you're probably less likely to open that second beer the night before. Again, that's how it worked for me. These are all little changes that can add up to make a big difference. I think if I didn't run, my mind would suffer way sooner than my body would. For me, running is primarily a solitary activity. I'm an introvert. I savour the solitude, the peace and quiet. Yet for those who need that little push or prefer more of a social activity, there are most certainly running groups all around you. You'll have a local running store that probably organises a weekly run, nearby athletics club that has a running section, or there's bound to be some like-minded folks on Facebook or meetup.com. Even my local brewery has a running club. Some of the best and most interesting people I know I've met through running. They can provide you with that little bit of extra desire to get up and out there when you're just not feeling it. On some of my longer runs, kilometres have just flown by because I'm with friends and we just lose ourselves in chat, have a good time, take some selfies. You're not stuck in your own brain. So why not give them both a try? I prefer the solo runs, but those group runs certainly have their benefits too. Long story short, Whether you're a solo runner or you prefer some company, the benefits are endless. Really, I'm still learning. I've been running for years now and I'm still finding out new things that are great about it. Just remember a few key things. Start slow. That's it. That's the main thing. Just slow down. You don't need any fancy gear. You don't need to have a certain body type or a minimum level of fitness to begin. Don't get bogged down in the details of warm-up routines or nutrition or what to do here and there. None of that. Simply put on your shoes and appreciate just how far your own two feet can take you. Let me know how you get on. I hope this helps. And that's it. That's my podcast. Thanks very much for listening. As I said before, extremely early days. I don't know what I'm doing yet. I'm learning about sound quality. It probably sounds like I'm recording on a motorway because I'm in my apartment. But my desk is next to the window, which is next to the road outside, which has got some traffic on it still today. So these are the little uh, tricks I've got to figure out, editing stuff. I'll thank you so much for listening for a start. Thank you for your patience. I promise I'll try to get better. 
can't promise I will, but I'll do my best anyway. I'm going to read up on all the podcasting tips and techniques, watch some videos, hopefully find a place to upload this online so people can find it, all of those things. But for now, I'm excited to finally be talking into a microphone and hoping someone on the other end is listening and getting something out of it. Guys, take care of yourselves and each other. Thanks very much for listening. Talk to you next time. And that's it. All right. And that's it for this week, guys. And that's about all I've got. <laughs>